Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Prop G Pod wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. That is the parade music for one Cyril Gunn as he mercifully puts away a very game, a very tough, very exciting Tai Tuivasa in the third round. Huge win for Cyril Gunn. Tai Tuivasa is officially not a human being. And that fight was way more fun than I think a lot of people believed it would be. Both guys' stocks rose. It was just a lot of fun. So congratulations, Cyril Gunn. He got the rock star treatment when it was all said and done. Called for a title fight afterwards. And we'll see if he gets it. But thank you for joining us for the UFC Paris Live post-fight show. I am Mike Kack. Jed Mishu is in the building. Georgia Bulldogs putting the boots to the Oregon Ducks. The Bulldogs just just them up, There's 10 minutes right? left. There's 10 minutes left, and we are winning 49-3. to this has been, this has been a huge beatdown. Just unbelievable. I'm having a great day. If you can't tell, Mike. <laughs> uh, AK will be here momentarily to react. He's doing multiple things. There he is, the shadow, the hologram, if you will. AK grown out the hair. Got the yes. lettuce going for AK, huh? Yep, the world traveler. Look at that. All angles. It's got layers as a. Uh, as the it's adults like to say, folks, let's get to this thing. Jed, that main event, paint us awesome. a word picture. If, if, th- if there's anybody watching this right now that actually didn't watch that fight, paint a word picture for this main event because it was, it was just a lot of fun. It was so much more fun than I thought it had any chance to be. Um, I was doing the live blog, so if you want another word picture, you can go read my words. Uh <laughs> They turn into very garbled mess in the middle where it's just all capitals being like, I don't know what's happening. What is going on? So the first round was exactly the fight I thought we were going to get. It was Cyril Gaon being just a way better fighter. Um, and Tai Tuivasa being tough and doing some good things, honestly. But like clearly Gaon was just outworking him. And the second round, you know, in between the rounds, Ty's corner was like, it's your time to shine, buddy. This is where you get him. And I was just like, whatever. This is not where you get him because that's not a thing you do. And then damn if he didn't do it. 
he lulled Khan into a sense of security or so. I don't know what sorcery he did to land just a monstrous right hand on Gon, but Gon fell over and I was like, oh my God, he's done it. Because the our, our Slack chat was like, everybody in there was like, yeah, this is Eric and, and AK were like, yeah, second round KO, this is, this is where it happens. And I was like, oh, damn, I, you guys were right. Look at that. But then Gon got up, unbel- like, we're going to talk a lot about Tai Tuivasa's chin, and we should. And the same for Marvin Vittori in a little bit. We should. Nobody, nobody needs to discredit what Ciro Gon showed there because to eat a clean shot like that from Tai Tuivasa is not a thing that happens. Ty said it himself beforehand. If I dink him, I sink him. He dinked him, and he didn't sink the dude. Zero Gon shot a takedown. He was on wobbles for the rest of the round, but still somehow had the the temerity to land just a vicious body kick that then doubled Tuivasa over, and now, now we've got the change of momentum, and Gon's charging in, and then Tuivasa swings a monster right hook that lands, and now Gon's backing up, but Tuivasa can't follow because his guts are trying to fall out of his body. So it was just an unreal second round. Like, I am stunned that it got out of the round. And then both dudes were like, okay. Like, I have no idea how they pulled it off. Both guys at the end of it were just like, all right, well, one minute rest, let's go. And then round three starts, and Ty tried to make an effort of it, but at that point, I, he he had his window, and the window was closed. Certainly, the body shots he ate, I think, were too much. And then, ultimately, uh, they had some really fun exchanges in the third. Uh, Ty landed a couple of really big shots of his own, but none that were kind of the same. Oh, he's like, I mean, Gon said it himself. He was knocked out in that second round, basically, and Ty couldn't replicate it. And then Ty is starting to really get picked apart by this jab. And he sort of recklessly charges forward. And Sirogan landed the cleanest right hand I've, I've ever seen in a fist fight. I mean, he pivots off off Tuivasa charging in. And his you, if you watch the replay, which I've already watched like 10 times, he, he's reacting as if Ty's going to turn and fire back. And then when he sees that he just has a clear line to Ty's chin, who is turning into him, boom, just a short little right hand, but with – all of his body weight thrown into it. it is the most technically pure and golden right hand I've ever seen. I am astonished that Tai Tuivasa's head stayed attached to his body. Uh, but that's it. We found what it takes to knock out Tai Tuivasa, and it was apparently that because Tai was functionally done. He still stood upright, which I honestly am amazed by. But I'm, then there was a, a left hook, and, and the fight was over after that. But unbelievably fun fight way more entertaining than i ever thought it could have been yeah i I mean there there are a lot of takeaways there one the right hand that pretty much was the beginning of the end that was to me like the mma equivalent of a kobe bryant step back jump shot like it was just perfect step back kind of feigned and then boom just landed that thing it was it was absolutely beautiful thing ty is pretty much all done. Tai Tuivasa is not a human being. That's another thing that we took away. That fight was so incredibly fun. And I don't know, man, Cyril, like I thought when Ty landed that right hand, I thought Cyril was done. Like I thought when he hit the mat, he was unconscious and somehow his eyes just opened up and he was willed back to his feet. It was just, it was just such a crazy fight. It was unbelievable. And, and do you agree? Like it sucks to lose if you're Tai Tuivasa and, Outside of that right hand, 
Ty was like somewhat competitive at range in the first round, which kind of surprised me because I thought Ty was going to be a lot more aggressive, but he actually had a pretty smart game plan and hung in there, lost the round. Second round was just wild. And then the third round was what it was. Cyril just kind of picked him apart in the third, although we were still sort of on the edge of our seat. It's fair to say that, I mean, Cyril, this is probably the most entertaining fight. This is the one we're going to remember for, for Cyril gone for a while. But Tai Tuivasa's stock re- rose tremendously despite losing. Like, this is a huge fight for him, but his stock still rises in defeat in a, in a pretty significant way. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Um, I mean, you heard me on the, the, on the preview show and, and BTL this week. I thought that there was zero chance Tai Tuivasa won. Turns out I was right. He didn't win. So don't come at me with that, Jed, you were wrong. Check the scoreboards, my guys. But... Uh, I didn't think it would be this competitive. I didn't think Ty would be able to find a way to even land a big shot, much less one that like legitimately moments from winning the whole fight. Uh, And I mean, we all knew it was tough, but honestly, I didn't even think we knew it was that tough. I mean, this dude ate some, that head kick he landed in the, I don't remember if it was the third or the second, because it all blurred the, the, the head kick that landed like clean on him that got him again on skates, but still didn't kill him was like nobody can take that like you can hit marvin vittori couldn't take that head kick like i don't know what tai tuivas is made of but it is some incredibly stern stuff and like you said he showed a little craft in his game plan he my estimation of him rose a great deal uh i still don't think he's ever going to hold the title but it is far less of an insane prospect to me than it once was the other thing that I took away that I think is a lot of fun, and I think you would appreciate this, and I thought this about halfway through the third round, you have come up with one of the greatest ideas in the history of the sport when it comes to televised mixed martial arts, that your idea for the Professional Fighters really League, tough. which if, is, your, is your organization, implementing the damage bar on the television screens. This would have been the perfect damage bar kind of a fight because you could have saw the levels just change back and forth and then that third round it's it's almost like in my own brain i could see tai tuivasa's damage levels just continue to drop and drop and drop and like it would try to it was like he got a mushroom that gave him like a little bit more energy and then he got kicked to the body and the and the levels just started to, to fall down. Oh, you, this you was never played a great damage bar example so you you obviously never played the fight night games because the way that their damage bar works is when you land like a queen when you rock somebody you get a temporary um like stamina boost so your damage bar goes back to full bars for like while they're in rocked mode and that's what like that's exactly what happened when Todd would land a really big shot he would just be like i'm back baby and then he would eat just a monster shot to the body and he'd be like i'm not back baby <laughs> It was, it was, that honestly was the most fight night esque fist fight that's ever happened in the UFC in that regard. Completely agree. There's one moment where he got kicked in the body like real hard and he started to keel over. And I thought he was just going to like collapse to the mat. And then all of a sudden he takes a step back and throws the hardest right hand I've ever seen in my life. He missed wildly. But it was just like, I couldn't believe it. I thought, I didn't know if he was playing possum, but there were two moments in that fight. I don't think he was playing possum. I think think his brain is just wired like that. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I thought at first. And there's AK. AK, who went on the preview show. He was on the People's Pre-Fight show as well. We were in the Slack channel, as you mentioned earlier. And we thought heading into the second round... 
that Tai Tuivasa was going to come through for our man, AK, that he was going to make him a genius. And he was so close to doing so. But I got Jed's reaction. We had a lot of fun with this, but you're here. What is your reaction to the main event? Cyril Gunn's performance, yeah. Tai Tuivasa's performance. And I mean, obviously, I'm a little disappointed he didn't finish. I'm nothing against Cyril Gunn. Cyril Gunn is fantastic. I said after the fight was over, this dude's a rock star. He's so classy. He just looks like he's a superstar fighter. He was amazing tonight. I mean, it's not like, you know, him getting hurt and showing his resilience is like such a plus, such a plus for me. Like, I want to see a guy like him face adversity. And damn, those shots from Ty would have ended many, many other fighters. Um, so he's legit tough. Again, we talk about his athleticism all the time. And uh, that's what, man, I'll tell you, athleticism helps you a lot, you know, when you're, when you're taking hits like that, just being in amazing shape. So, yeah, fantastic. But I had been riding Ty by knockout for so long. That he was gonna he's gonna knock out gone i had narrowed it down to round two on our preview shows and pre-fight shows uh so yeah when it happened boy i even i no one would have been more surprised than me if i was right i'm i'm occasionally right about things but never that accurate so calling a second round knockout for ty and having it actually happen would have uh blown my friggin' mind i would not be on here going like oh i told you so so obvious i would have been just like the rest of you, like, holy crap, how the hell did that happen but um yeah what an awesome main event for both guys gone superstar and Tuivasa, legitimate heavyweight contender. I hope that this loss, the way he fought in this loss, confirms to people that him beating Derek Lewis and taking his top five spot was not a fluke. It was not. It was not an over uh, correction. He's a top five heavyweight, and, and and he this this only backed that up for me. It would have been really cool if he could have gotten the win, but look, Gon is Gon himself looks like he might just be uh, the champ next time he fights in Ghana or anyone else. My goodness, that was amazing. We're waiting on bonuses. We will let you know. Any, I, I'm sure the fight of the night is made I, up. I can tell no you fight of the yet. night. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if you need that. I can also, I can also give you at least one of the performances. It's Kapilov. He's gonna get one. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, it was a really nice. Oh, and, and, and you gotta and, give it to Magomedov. I mean, oh, and Alvis. Yeah. Man. So we're done. That's yeah. it. Those are your bonuses. So if that's if that's yeah. correct, those are my two performance picks. That's great picks. You said Kapilov. I shocking that you. I I know you're not lying because when you said Kapilov, it's stuck in my brain because, as Jed Mish, <laughs> to paraphrase Jed Mishu when you know he's appraising certain fighters, uh, Kapilov is not good. Or I I didn't think he was good. He was he was no, he was still listen, not good. He he beat Alessio well, Dikirko. Like that doesn't make he was, you good. He was good enough to beat Alessio Dikirko. So Roman Coppola, for one night only at least, I certainly owe you an apology because uh, you are very likely about to get an extra 50 Gs for an awesome finishing combination. Uh, I believe on the cards he was up to, so, you know, pretty good performance for him overall and then uh, capped it off really nicely. So good for you, Coppola. He was, a, he was an amazing, super exciting finisher before the UFC. That's why I, mean, I was so hard on him. It's like his first two UFC fights were just bad. Like they're real bad. Um, so hey, if this is the start of the next uh, wave of Kapilov, more power to him because yeah, he looked uh, he looked really good, good today. And the heavyweight over cash, right? Two and a oh, half. Oh yes, it did, baby. I mean, <laughs> sweaty, super super sweaty of a cash, but we cashed. We did it. The the science continues. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Amazing. it's not a done deal yet we don't have a, a scientific conclusion on i don't this, know i'm kind of willing to call it a written. done deal i'm willing to call it a done deal because if tied to the punch tie landed on gone didn't didn't break the break it break it and the head kick gone landed the fact 
Here's the thing that we're not going to talk about enough that is truly mind-boggling to me. If you get hit in the head and everything gets scrambled, it really, really sucks. But you can recover and get back. If you get hurt to the body, that doesn't get better. That's just there forever. And somehow Tai Tuivasa got rocked to the body multiple times and was just like, never mind for a minute. I'm going to, I'm just going to keep doing stuff. That's, you don't see a dude ever, ever. I've watched fighting for damn near 20 years, I guess, at this point now. It's been a really long time. And when you see the dude do the this, whoo, that's it. Like how, AK, how many misfits have we done where the guy eats a rib <laughs> roaster and it's just like, oh, his whole life flashed yeah, before his eyes. And he's like, what have I done to myself? He's done. And Ty did that like four times in that fight and then just straightened up and was like, cool, let's go. Like, that is unbelievable to me. So if those shots didn't make a heavyweight undercash, ain't nothing doing it, baby. <laughs> heavyweight overs and flyweight unders, live the dream. Man. And and, and I thought like news. I I thought I heard two bosses. Oh wait, is, is that the breaking news, Mike? Or is you have breaking news? That's no, that's no. the breaking news. No, that, okay. that's okay. the breaking news. Uh, I thought when Toy Vasa got hit by that first like body kick that like sent him just like running back across. The- I thought he said something like "You got me" or like "Okay, okay." Like it sounded like he was talking like he was he want like not necessarily he wanted to quit, but the kind of talk that you I don't know you only say when you're like you're, you're done fighting. That's what I thought I heard, but it was probably just he probably just swearing or something or just like or maybe he did they say were- "You got me." Yeah, yeah, but like they were very, they were just very happy in there too. Oh, that was the other part were. that was lovely about it. They were just I feel good eating the hell out of each other, <laughs> but being all friendly. Hey, uh-huh. good, good, almost uh, appendectomy you performed with your shin there. Way to go, buddy! <laughs> this is very nice. Jed, I'll ask you. AK, we'll talk about this tomorrow and on to the next one. But Cyril Gan said, "I don't care who the champion is. My next fight should be for the belts. That's what I want. I want to fight for the title next." Is there a chance after just the momentum he's going to gain from this fight and the performance and everything surrounding it that he might get his wish? Or is he just the best he's going to get is what I think is going to happen. He's going to have to fight Curtis Blades next. But you think that'll be an interim title fight? You think, yeah. You think it'll be interim, right? No. Oh. Yeah, I no. It's yeah, it's, I, it's, I, it's September. I think for certain point, so. that's not an interim title fight. No, no chance. Were they going to have two interim it, titles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that would John's be sick. Fight, I would love it so Ingano's much. Either going to fight Jones or he's going to get – either Ngannou's going to fight Jones or they're going to strip him of the belt and Jones is going to fight somebody else for the title. Probably Stipe. It's not – I don't think it's going to be Cyril. Although I would really like to see that fight. I think – I think Cyril has a chance. do John Stipe. You think so? I think Cyril, I think Cyril has a chance maybe because – Mainly because I, I wouldn't say it's the most likely scenario. I think you have outlined the most likely scenario. But there is a world where, I don't know, Stipe just doesn't fight people. So it's hard for me to be like, he's definitely going to fight John Jones because he's just going to sit around. And like, I personally would far, far, far more like to see John Jones versus Cyril Gan. Uh, and I think that that can build some momentum here, right? Like, I think that that is the case. I, I wish Gon had been a little more proactive in calling specifically for John Jones, um, as opposed to just being like, I don't, I'm not going to fight Curtis Blades. I think that would have made a better case for it. But if Stipe sits on his hands, because that's a thing Stipe sometimes does or, or whatever, I think that there is going to be a fairly good appetite for Jones versus Gon. And 
in some ways, though obviously it's not really the same, there are some, there's some, a lens through which you can view it that that's a poor man's John versus Francis. And that's the fight that people actually want is John Francis. So I think he's got a chance. I just don't, th- I don't think it's a very good one, but I do think there's a chance he doesn't fight Curtis Blades next. We shall see what happens. We'll get AK's. Should, AK, I, I mean, we'll just do this live. I'll ask you because we didn't. Should we, should we match rake for Ty tomorrow and on to the next one? Uh, yes, should, yes, right? we should. Yes, we should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's earned it. He's earned yeah. it. Yes, he has earned it. Uh, did, speaking of earning, go ahead. Did you, you talk about his, wa- no, did you talk about his walkout? I'm sorry, I know I came in late. Did you talk about the walkout song? We didn't talk about the walkout song, but uh, I will say this. Shout out to the peeps in the yeah. People's Pre-Fight Show. A lot of people predicted he would walk out to Moulin Rouge. I have to say. Popular. I think, well, I I think will, uh, uh, Sean Sheehan had that too. Yeah, a okay. lot of people Props picked that one. Yep. A lot of people picked that one. Uh, the Paris crowd just completely no-sold it, which I thought was kind of hilarious that like not one person even reacted. It was just well, all you could hear is the song. Not one human being even was like, they weren't even that, booing them. Yeah, that song is not popular. I don't think we're, that song's a, a popular it's, Parisian it's song. It's a very American it's song popular. about France. It's, not a, it's an American it's, song yeah. about France. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's a British song, but yeah, it is what what Americans and British people, I guess, think. Christine France, Aguilera sings it. Like. Screw, screw a British song. The, the song was written by it was written by the Beatles. <laughs> I don't know, but but I'm sorry. Was that the Beatles version? Were, no, but did it's, the it's Beatles not sound an, like little Kim and Christina Hold on, you can't call an American. This is like if someone I can. Covered, the people like, singing it are how dare are you. the ones who made is, that song. Yeah, they the didn't write the lyrics. Are American. It's not an American song. It's an American that's, that's song. A, it's not an American, an American song. song. You guys got so American. We took it. So we took American. it. Sorry, but yeah, this is like what we were saying with like Eiffel sixty five at the beginning of the uh, also in the pre fight. We're like, I have a feeling that's probably not a song that's popular in in France either. Like these are global hits, but yeah. So when they didn't react, I was kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. I think this is more for the rest of the world that all the voulu coucher avec moi stuff. French people probably get that all the time from tourists too, and they're just like, oh god, friggin' lady marmalade. So. You know, uh, so yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't surprising to me that they didn't react super positive to it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. 
Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropG Pod wherever you get your podcasts. So let's move on to the co-main event because we talked about the legendary chin of Tai Tuivasa and the legendary chin of Marvin, the Italian dream. Vittori was tested and tested and tested over and over again by Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker, sensational performance. I scored a 30-27. I thought Vittori was was somewhat competitive in the first. It was a close first, but Whitaker just ran him over the rest of the fight. It was a great performance. This guy's clearly it's it's Adesanya, Whitaker, and then like far down, unless Alex Pereira is actually the best middleweight in the world, it's everybody else. What did you think of his performance, Shed? Robert Whitaker, Bobby Knuckles. Thought this might be a competitive fight, thought things could get close, a little hairy, but he beat the hell out of Marvin Vittori for the final ten minutes of this fight. I'm sorry, I was just taking a drink of my Georgia National Champions mug because we officially beat the piss out of the Oregon Ducks 49 to 3. Almost as bad as Robert Whitaker put the wood to Marvin Vittori. Uh, I don't remember what your question was, uh, but this fight was honestly more entertaining than I thought. I thought it would be a lot grindier and more back and forth. It was a good opening round from Vittori. I think you could score it for him. I know one judge did, and I don't think that's egregious, but. Whitaker really showed his class in, in the back two there and looked, I mean, as as good as ever. It is he is destined to be this generation's Rich Franklin. Um, and that's, you know, unfortunate, but maybe he can go on to be a vice president one or, or something. I, I I don't know because I don't think he's ever beating Israel Disney. So now he's just desperately hoping that Alex Bajeta can can knock Izzy out. But I got to be honest, man, if Alex Pajero goes and knocks Izzy out, then I maybe Alex Pajero is just like really good and Robert Whitaker is in like a similar world of trouble. So I don't know what you do with him. I think you – the prob, the biggest issue honestly for Robert Whitaker right now outside of the fact that there's a blocker is there's nobody fun, <laughs> right? Like at least when Rich Franklin could no longer beat Anderson Silva, he could fight Chuck Liddell and Vanderlei Silva. There were fun middleweights that, or like light heavyweights, that kind of area, 195ers, who he could have good fights with or, or entertaining scraps just because they were in similar situations or they're a little past their prime. Like, who is a fun guy at middleweight for Robert Whitaker? I know you guys have to do this tomorrow and on to the next one, but like Luke Rockhold could have been cool until Rockhold lost to Costa and retired. Like, I just don't know what we do with him because nobody. Unless he's just going to keep beating ranked middleweights, which I guess is like it's fine and that's a good way to go about your life. But I I want more from him and I don't know what that more can be at this point. Uh, Casey, we have breaking news. You can hit the breaking news music. We have bonuses. Fight of the night, a stunner. The main event, Cyril Gan versus Tai Tuivasa. Performance of the night. Avis Magomedov and Benoit Saint-Denis. There you go. Yeah. Couple I've got screwed. Yeah. I think so too. He got screwed. You're right. I think so too. He got screwed. He deserved it. He got screwed. 
Santini was a big, 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 big favorite. He did exactly what everyone yeah. thought he was going to do in this in that fight. Uh, and he looked good. He looked good. It also His wasn't a cinematic. Wasn't a cinematic of a finish. Like, what are we? How do you base that? That seems weird to me. Uh, Got to please the French crowd. Got to please the French crowd. You know, listen. He made. He made. He was the first. Fr- he got the ball rolling for all the French fighters who went the, five and zero. Oh. They hit. The they French hit the fighters went five and zero, oh, including hitting an underdog in that. That you, that ain't. Just take that. They don't need fifty k for BSD. Give it to the man who <laughs> deserved it. Yes. Very, so there very you go. There's the French. bonuses. 50 Gs for all of them. Of course, when the UFC went back to London, all the guys who got finishes and gals who got finishes got bonuses. Not the case here in in Paris, but that's neither here nor there. AK, Bobby Knox, what did you think of his performance? Uh, loved it, man. I loved it. Uh, you know, for, first round was, uh, I think, a good feeling out process for him. I don't know how people scored the first round. I didn't see the official score. What was the uh, scores again? Did someone get, there was definitely a 30-27 in there for Somebody, whatever, right? There were two 30 30 yeah. yeah, and I think that's fair because the first round was like kind of close, but I mean, you definitely could have gone to Whitaker, definitely could have gone to Vittori. So whoever scored that first round for Vittori, fine. But it did feel like sort of classic kind of Whitaker, feeling things out. And then, man, once he got his number in rounds two and three, so fast, so accurate, just be- beautiful distance and control. I mean, man, when you're when you're fighting someone who's who's you know that much bigger, when you control the distance like that and you're just able to score so much and do so much damage, it's it's amazing. There's just there's so few fighters on the planet like him. Um, and and Vittori looked, I mean, tough as hell. You know, I, I thought I actually thought Whitaker could put him away. And I and I still believe that as the fight was going on. We we were praising his chin on sort of our online chat. Uh and I'm like, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, I, I still think I, I still think like Whitaker can do it. But boy, he hit like three, four head kicks right on the money. Uh was stinging him with combinations, like right down the pipe, straight shots down the pipe. And Vittori, I was he even knocked down? I don't think he even got knocked down, right? Sure no. did not. Oh my goodness! I have no. That's just not possible. And I, I don't care about the size difference. Those those shots are those are kill shots that Robert Whitaker was uh, was connecting with. Um, so yeah, praise to Vittoria for the toughness. But this is just vintage uh, vintage Reaper. And uh, I, I don't, I'm kind of with Jay. I don't know what to do with him. But whatever keeps him fight, you know, just keep him in there. Co-main events, main uh, fight night, main events, and uh, hopefully well paid. I hope uh, Robert Whitaker is on the higher end of the uh, the pay scale. As long as he's happy, I'm happy. To me, there's there's three options for Rob Whitaker. I'm not going to reveal any of those. There's one. There's like a bronze medalist, a silver medalist, and then there's a clear path, in my opinion. But Jed had the finger up, so maybe the light bulb. I like it. I figured it out. He's going to have to sit on the bench for a little while, and that's okay. He's been very active. Um, But what you do with him is after Leon Edwards knocks out Kamaru Usman again. You do Usman Whitaker for Whitaker's uh, Usman's Usman's first fight up at 185, uh, especially um, if if Izzy has still won it because I think if Izzy beats Beheta, then he's going to make his way towards 205, and so then Whitaker can hold on, wait till Izzy vacates the division, uh, and if he fights, you know, fights our guy Kamaru, then that's a hell of a fight. That is a good idea as well. That could be the fourth choice. That wasn't even one of my three options. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, last thing, and then we'll we'll talk about another middleweight fight that got a lot of people's attention. Speaking of Olympics, Jed, on this card, if there is an Olympic event for best chins at UFC France, how how are they on the dais? How are they on the blocks? That's a really good question. 
I think I'm taking Ty as number one overall because I think Cyril Gaon um, hit him so very, 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 very hard and was unable to get him out of there until after he had already broken the man's body down. But I'm willing to hear the argument for Marvin Vittori. It's clearly 1A and 1B in some respect. Uh, and then who's number three? I'm trying to think. Cyril Gaon? Oh, yeah. I don't – I just see – even I did it. I said earlier that we're going to disrespect Gaon by not doing it, and I even forgot it. It's those three dudes. That's it right there. Um, and you can put them in any order. I don't care. Nothing – no order is wrong in those three because they none of them can be killed by man or God. It required something truly special from Cyril Gaon to, to finish Tai Tuivasa. And really, it probably only happened because Ty's body was wrecked internally. So any of any order you want to go is fine. Casey has an idea for Abba Whitaker that he put out on Twitter. We'll discuss that in a moment, but let's move on to... Actually, we could just talk about it now because okay. he's talking about the guy who won the fight right before it. Nasruddin Imovov, who beats Joaquin Buckley, wins the first two rounds easily. Third round, things get a little hairy. I actually didn't think the 30-27 was, was all that bad, honestly. So I, act, I actually went – because I knew there was going to be time in between that fight and the co-main event. So I actually went back and watched the third round of that fight. It is – there are way more egregious scores on this on this fight night than, than that one, than that 30-27. Because Buckley was landing and he was coming forward. He was more aggressive. But Imov saw – 90% of those shots coming from a mile away and got his guard up and blocked almost all of them. And he was cracking Joaquin Buckley with counters. That right hand, that lead uppercut, anytime Joaquin Buckley stepped in in that third round, he got uppercutted right in the face, real hard, real clean by Dashadini Bob. This is a great performance. If you scored the third round for Buckley, I ain't going to get mad at you. But I don't think that giving the third round to Imovov was all that out of nowhere. But, AK, we've all been very high on Imovov here at MA Fighting. We have been for a while. Was this the kind of performance that you were expecting? Did, From what your expectations were, did he over-deliver? Was it right where you were at? Or did he somewhat under-deliver because of that third round? No, I thought it, I thought it was just right. Uh, I, I think it's more of a credit to Buckley how that third round went. Um, I saw a lot of commentary saying like, you know, he left it all out there. I, I know it's a cliche, but that's what Buckley did. He 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 knew he was down. He knew he was down the cards. He had to get a finish. He is a finisher by nature. So for him, it's just like, hey, turn it on, whatever. And look, I'm uh, as as you said, Mike, I'm probably gonna have to take some shots, uh, which he did, which is why you know that like there was that thirty twenty seven score. Clearly, uh, Imavov was still having success in the third round. Um, but uh, but yeah, again, if you're Buckley, it doesn't matter. You you, you were either going to lose a decision or you were going to get KO'd. So I, I give a lot of credit to Buckley for that. But no, I thought Imovov looked great. Um, I, I guess some people are going to be critical because Buckley is a bit, of course, an undersized 185er. Imovov is probably on the bigger end of the uh, 185 scale. And we saw that. We certainly saw that um, tonight when you just were looking at them standing across from each other. It looked, it looked ridiculous. So um but putting aside the size, I still think Imovov looked really skilled, really patient. Um, definitely looks like a top 10 guy. I don't know how high he's going to go up in our rankings. Um, not because it wasn't a good performance, just because, you know, Buckley is not super high ranked. So this keeps, uh, for me, this keeps Imovov, his hype alive. Um, and hopefully, uh, as we were discussing before the show in the pre-fight, someone in the top 10 will uh, accept a fight with him. Maybe the Brunson Hermanson winner or loser, we don't know. Uh, but he should, he has the opportunity to crack the top 10 
probably by early i don't know if he's gonna get a fight another fight in this year but early next year uh it really feels like Ivanov is, is on his way so um i thought delivered just right i i, I wasn't disappointed at all uh, i thought I just thought it was a really good fight against a, a very tough opponent and um he took care of business Jed, how high are you willing to put Nasruddin Imovov? And I'm going to read the tweet right now from EKC Leiden because I my tweet was responding to Robert Whitaker. What I think should happen and what I'm going to talk about and on to the next one is basically, I'm just going to say it. I don't care that he lost to Adesanya twice. If Adesanya beats Alex Pereira, do it again. I don't care. Adesanya Whitaker 3 is just fine because that second fight, mm-hmm. fight was real close. But, I mean, listen, I'm kind of with New York Rick, especially in this division when it's just one and two and everybody else is so far down the mountain. It's going to take, like, a long time to climb the rest. But there's no other option right now. I don't really care. It's neither here nor there. Casey's idea, Jed, Robert Whitaker versus Nasruddin Imovov, number one contender fight, winner gets a title shot. Would you do that if you had the pencil? Uh, if I had the pencils, for sure, no. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't hate it. It's not the worst idea I've ever heard. But uh, I don't know what the UFC has Nasruddin ranked because that doesn't matter and I don't care. Um, but, I mean, this is – look, it's a solid win. But I was also just talking shit about Alessio DiCirico and Joaquin Buckley beat Alessio DiCirico. So it's not like beating Joaquin Buckley is the greatest thing that's ever happened in the world, you know? It's it's a very good win, lost, a great performance. Lost to Carico. It's, I I I said that wrong. I think that's what you me. meant, though. Yeah, I yeah, that is what I meant. I said that. Yeah, wrong, though. that's like, what I yeah. meant. Yeah, yeah. So like, be it, the point being that beating Joaquin Buckley is not <laughs> unbelievably incredible. Good, solid win. Good, you know, good enough fighter. But it's this is not the all right. Let's give him the number one dude in the division because like I I don't know. I also I hate the idea of. Robert Whitaker getting a title fight again. Like I'm not opposed to him ever getting one, but I need three wins. This is one. I need two more just because like let other people get a chance. And if he knocks off all the other people, then okay. But let Andre Muniz fight somebody to get in line for it. Like let, let other things happen instead of just being like, these are the two best guys. Cause I agree. They are the two best middleweights. One of them is much better than the other, at least stylistically. That's been proven. He clobbered him the first time. I didn't think the second one was close. It was competitive. Thought Robert Whitaker very clearly lost the fight. Like it's, and I think that's how it will go every time they fight. Like it just is the matchup, and that's unfortunate for Robert. But a lot of people have that in the history of the sport, and you just kind of got to move on. So I'm not opposed to him ever fighting for it again. But I do think Izzy's going to leave the division soon. And I don't want to see another Whitaker fight. I've seen it twice. I'm covered. If I'm booking it, I don't know. Um, let me look at the rankings right now. That's the other problem is Whitaker's beating a lot of the other dudes kind of in, in and around the area. Um, who sh- isn't Sean Strickland fighting somebody soon? Supposed to fight uh, Cannonier, but that fight's scrapped. Yeah, I also don't care about that. Uh, what's Strickland's Duplass C doing? I'd rather do that. Like, that's more fun to me than Whitaker. Or, hell, just do Muniz. Like, that's cool, too. Um, at least that's a sort of different fight. I, I don't know. That's my issue with Robert Whitaker is I don't know what the hell to do with him. I think we just put him on ice until Izzy loses or leaves the division. And if he wants – I know he doesn't want to do it. We talked about this on BTL. I'm cool with it. Go up to light heavyweight and take a fun fight against a rando there while you spin your wheels. Like that's don't put on the weight. Just go fight Paul Craig. You can beat Paul Craig without adding bulk, Robert Whitaker. And that's at least a fun thing to do. I would way rather do that than be like, 
Hey, Nasser Yunimov, you look fun and interesting. Let's ruin you as a title contender. I don't want to do that. Like they did with Edmund Shabazi in, in the past and, and yeah. others like that. Uh, I mean, middleweights, I mean, there's a lot of the similar names at middleweight, but you named off some fun ones, Jed, that are climbing the ranks right now. Yumabov's one of them. DDP's one of them. Uh and there's do, more than that. You as do well. Imovov DDP. That's the fight. Like that is a yeah, fight. Andre Mudiz. Andre Mudiz might be the most dangerous of all three of those guys with what he does very well. And then even Ava, like Avis Magomedov is a problem. And that was that was a scary freaking knockout. I know it's Dustin Stoltzfus. It's not a guy that's even like a top forty middleweight, but. I mean, 19 set that good. front kick. Yeah, it was like he it was like he initiated go go gadget legs. Oh. His le- he might have the longest legs I've ever seen because he it was like it was like his back was against the friggin' fence on the other side of the cage and he threw the front kick and still kicked him in the face. Just ridiculous. He There's put nothing fi- you could do. He put his foot in his mouth. His foot <laughs> like, was in his like, mouth. Like actively. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. in his mouth. And, and again, you, you guys mentioned the speed. Look, uh, we all expected like Stoltzfus, credit to him, came on on a short notice, like not super short notice, actually like a couple of months, but he was the replacement opponent to save this fight. Um, and as we all thought, Abus is a huge prospect, was expected to run through him, and he did it. That, that's, that's all you can ask for when you're facing someone that you're expected to run through. He ran through him. So you can say, oh, he just beat Dustin Stoltzfus, but yeah, he did it in 19 seconds. Yeah, he, dude, he's he, good. He, he, he dismissed him good. as expected. Yeah, so give him credit for that, right? I know um, what we're doing with Whitaker. I know what we're doing with Whitaker. I just figured it out. I don't know why I didn't see it. It doesn't matter. It's win, win or lose. He's fighting Alex Pajeda. If Pajeda loses, you just run Whitaker versus Pajeda. If Pajeda wins, you run Whitaker versus Pajeda. It just happens to have a belt on the line mm. for it. Like win or lose, he just gets Pajeda. After he beats Pajeda, then you do. Is, does Muniz is Muniz booked? No. Then you do Muniz Amovov, uh, and then the winner of that fight, if if Izzy still has the belt and Whitaker beats Pajeda, then the winner of that fight can have a number one contenders fight against. Uh, uh, against Whitaker, then Whitaker will have gotten three wins before he gets another shot at Izzy. I'm much happier with him having three wins and just beating two more dudes and running this back and running this back because I'd rather new people get opportunities. That's what that I is. What if, what if Paulo Costa resigns with the UFC before they renegotiate, get him locked up to a new four fight deal where he's making a couple extra bucks? Would that, would that take the spot? I mean, I, I think you do Pajeda anyway, but then instead of doing Whitaker versus whatever, you can do after that Whitaker takes on Paulo Costa. Like, that's fine as well. Okay. Jed, Last question was, before you go to the people. Jed, oh, Jed, that go was, that was some on to the next one level matchmaking. It is almost as if you have been hosting a matchmaking show recently. I've, I've had to step in a couple My of goodness. times lately. Your, your so, matchmaking uh, skills are sharp. It has sure. never been my strong suit. That has always been y'all's. But I've learned a couple things. You know, I've, I listen every week, um, and I got—I was lucky enough to join in. So I, I've learned a few things. That was impressive. I might just—I will credit you, but I may steal that for. Just, uh, you for the, should. It's win or lose. Alex Pajeda is the right fight. I think. Was, like honestly, truly good. believe that. It's mm. a good answer. I can't wait to reveal my other picks. I think you'll dig one of them. Ooh, I think your other picks. So that was one of the three then. <laughs> Yes. I'm getting so good uh, no, not not that one. Uh, well, kind of, kind of. There's there's parts of it, but uh, 
the silver medalist is actually a really interesting pick and I would actually really like to see how that would play out. But uh, last question, because I know a lot of people talked about this on Twitter and have brought it up on the comments here before we go to the peeps. AK, true or false, the UFC Paris crowd was better than March's UFC London crowd. Better than March's UFC London? That was the first UFC London? Yeah. Nah. Nah, they were good. They were really good. They were really good. I, th- I thought they were fantastic. Um, there was a few moments where they kind of dropped off. And again, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. This had a lot of this card had a lot of like new faces. Um, yeah, and some of those faces were were their countrymen, of course. William Gomez, very solid win, solid win, and uh, you know got his mic time after. I think he really made the most of his opportunity. But again, this is a this was what a twelve fight card. There's going to be natural ebbs. So I mean. I just I don't think they quite hit that level of London. Also, this is their first event, so you know uh, that that London crowd is ingrained. I mean, they've they've had events in London before. There there is a set UFC fan base there. Um, this is the first one in France. Clearly, they do have a fan base, but let's let's wait let's wait for uh, a little further in the future. But credit to the UFC's uh, matchmakers and and everyone who, who uh, the fighters of course who put this card together because this this is about as, as well booked as they get. I still stand by like you know it's not like the most exciting most memorable card, but. Um, you got what you five and zero UFC fighters. I cannot stress enough how like how valuable that is for the promotion. And the next time they go to uh, to Paris or, or somewhere in France, it's like man, the, the 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 thirst and the demand will be even higher. <laughs> You're getting called out for the poll here. Oh, I have no idea I'll, what I'll talk was. about it after. I'll talk about it after. I'll talk about it before. But let, let me know when you're about to go into the questions, and I'll I'll explain it before. All right, we'll go into the questions because I have to, I have to understand what's going on. Okay. Here. Uh, I just want to I want to piggyback onto AK very quick to just say yeah, go ahead, this card was way better than I thought it was going to be. And if we had had Furo versus Andrade and Cedric Dumbay on it, this card would have this card would have delivered like yes. a, a 9.5. Like those two yeah. fallouts weaken the card. We talked about it in the preview show. But after what happened, if you add those on top, man, this card would have been chef's kiss good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so the poll. Okay. okay. So I, uh, in my, <laughs> I uh, even worse, and I just responded to this comment, even worse, the poll did not go my way. I simply asked, how do you ter- determine the nationality of a song? Who is singing it is winning 54%. I'm upset. Even, yeah. even if, even if it had been the other way who wrote it, yeah. 54%, I'd still be upset that it was close. Like this should be like 80% like nationality of who wrote, who wrote it the is, song. It is. And I will say, yeah, I will who say, is however, performing the song is the song. Yeah. However, however, I will say I was wrong about who wrote the song. And thus in a way I'm right that the nationality of the writer Shouldn't matter for it. So I got stupid. I, I was getting Lady Marmalade confused with uh, Lady Madonna, which is a Beatles song, Lady, which sounds nothing like Lady Marmalade, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was confused so, with the Beatles part. I was like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> I, was, like, yeah. I, I was just trust. I was just trusting. That was the first like, thing I was, like, was going to look up yeah. when we got off. Okay. Okay. I said it so no. confidently that I, I believed no, you. No, I was thinking, yeah, okay, it's the Beatles. Lady Madonna is a Beatles hit, not Lady Marmalade. Lady Marmalade is written by, should I say Lady Marmalade? I'll say Marmalade. Let's Americanize it. Lady Marmalade is written by two American gentlemen. Bob Crew and Kenny Nolan, and so it's, it's really, really American, it's and it was written songs. for the American uh, song group. Love that. So you're doing a lot of gymnastics instead of just saying you were right, Jed. I was wrong. All no, the way Jed, down. Were, uh, listen, I'm happy to say it. You were right. I'm happy to say you were correct. Uh, I was totally lost on this. However, I stand by the nationality of a song is determined by who writes it. So the people don't agree with me. Pretty sure they're trolling. I'm pretty sure they're trolling. <laughs> Because that's insane, but the people have spoken. 
right now firmly, and it's been like this most of the time. It's been pretty firmly in favor of who is singing it. Fifty-five percent yeah. right now. It's been around there. So, and and I'm angry if you right now too because we said the Beatles, and I believed you for some reason. Yeah. Um, Why you guys were all talking me. about Shreel Gone and and Ty's uh-huh. awesomeness? I was like singing Lady Marmalade has the Beatles in my head. I'm yeah. like, that doesn't sound yeah, like right. Like John, like John, <laughs> Le- like John, John really Lennon. Out, huh? Oh, I, lo- I loved, I loved writing Lady Marmalade. That's uh, John Lennon. It's, it's not bad. I'm, I'm doing John Lennon. All I'm right. doing John Lennon. Uh, okay. Peeps, let's take some questions from the peeps. I love that you lost your own boy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to learn state. It's who writes a song. That's what the song. God, just forget. I, I, I'm just going to be, it's going to bother me for a long time. Okay. So everyone, so you guys are rules or rules. Rules should be punished, right? If you break a rule, you should be punished. Correct. Um, I have one major caveat to it, but I largely agree. The major caveat is, uh, and this goes for all sports. If you do anything that's dope, it's okay. I don't care if it's legal. Let's talk about the finishing shot with Zrogan. A clear, Strike to the back of the head on that finishing kind of sequence. The overhand, like he kind of did overhand. Yeah, very clearly illegal. Yeah. But obviously, Ty, 90, 99% of the damage is already done. But we've seen this before. Yeah. Fighters who have maybe lost a fight by throwing an illegal hammer shot at the very end when they're trying to do a finish. Do you think that should have been punished? Do you think, is this just like, eh, whatever, everyone's having a good time? What and- do you think? Don't forget, you guys are rules of rules, uh, people. No, and don't forget, don't forget, God JBS. had been accused, been accused of this before by, and, by and, JBS. And, and I thought that was a very illegal shot. I'm uh, not calling God a cheater, yeah. but mm-hmm. that was an illegal shot, and JDS had a very um, good argument for that, I thought. Do these not fall under, you know, the guy's kind of turning away? I guess he's fully turned, so I guess that, like, that does change the scenario. But I feel like when someone turns away, it does make it a little bit... Well, I guess the point you turn away is so that you can't get punched. But, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. There's a trend. There's a trend. I, I won't go as far as to call it dirty. I will say there's – it's it's tough. I mean the referee, if we're going by the book, should step in. But I mean I'm, I'm thinking about the JDS situation too. Mm-hmm. Stepping in in the middle of a, of a fight-ending flurry. Fight's um, over. To call it's it like – just a no contest. Yeah, you get a no contest or, or a DQ, I guess you get, right, if you determine – or it goes to mm-hmm. a technical decision. Like, I think JDS would have gone to – oh, both, they both would have, right? I mean – they were over no, this, I don't I don't think this goes to technical oh, decision. This would have been three full rounds. You need three uh, full yeah. rounds. I think, I think you need the three full. It depends on the – I guess what the ref said. The ref said it was intentional, which we all – Well, yeah, but, it does depend on that. It, it all depends on that. I'm just – I just think that's interesting how we – like. Groin shots, fence grabs, back of the head shots, knees on the ground. We all kind of judge them differently as far as like automatic point deductions, you know, things like that. I saw a lot of people know, mentioning about the illegal shots to the back of the head. Ty didn't seem to have an issue with it. He may not have even known he got hit in the back of the head, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's a he was basically deal, so I don't care about He was it. basically on the way down, and it was like using Fred Flintstone. But that doesn't make it legal, though. Up. That doesn't make it a legal strike. Yeah, but I mean, this is not I, a fence grab. This is not rule. a fourth poke in the eye. This is not a third kick to the ding-ding. This was a guy falling down after getting absolutely rocked for 10 minutes. And that's basically what happened to Tai Tuivasa. Like, you just saw him collapsing multiple times. And, if, and at this point, it was just like, it was just he was falling down. And... Yeah, his head turned. It was just a weird, like that standing hammer fist. I was like, "Ooh, that's that was an interesting shot right there." But I mean, I, listen, there's there's different things here. And, and to me, like even I've said this a million times. I talked to Eric Nixick about that in that interview. 
a fence grab is not a point. If you do it like four times, it is. But a fence grab should just be an automatic improvement of position. If a guy's going for a takedown, the guy getting taken down grabs the fence, referee stops the action, you put him down in that same spot. If it happens the second time, you do it again, but this time you do it in the middle of the freaking cage. And then if it happens again, you get the same middle of the cage treatment and you get a point. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. That's fine. I just think like, I mean, it's just, I'm it's, fine with that. Just I just like, think this back of the head thing is a stupid rule. So I just I just genuinely don't give a shit about it. It's the same where it's like technically if some dude is playing the game with his hands and the knee, to, like I don't care. It's just a dumb. But we, we've just, seen that so many times. Guys who are getting their butts kicked and they're and the and the guy who's about to finish the fight goes, oh, I'm just gonna knee him in the head now, illegal yeah. knee, and then he winds up losing the fight. But mm-hmm. for some reason, it's just a weird thing. I'm not saying Gon deserves to lose a fight or Gon deserves anything. I just think we've seen it's, that once, by the way, not so many no. times. Oh, the, the, no, we've seen <laughs> we've that seen lots of times. One, we've seen a guy lose the fight once that way. Everyone else is like, it's, we've maybe seen a handful. The knee, no the knee on the ground. Okay, we'll, we'll focus on that. Sean Woodson, Woodson got to f- keep fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just think this is a really dumb rule, and it exists probably for no real reason. And if Back it, the if shots. there's yeah, I think it's a really dumb rule. Like, it's a fucking fist fight, man. Sorry for the cursing. I didn't mean to say it there, but like, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Like, what? I'm sorry. Why can't you sh- hit people and like you hit them? And that's just the thing that happens. If you want to make a very narrow rule that you can't 12 to 6 elbow a man in the back of the skull when he's right here, I don't even know what we're doing. This has always been one of the stupider rules to me because nobody has ever, like, I've never seen somebody actively target the back of the head. They're trying Peter, to Peter, hit a Peter dude. Belfort made a, made a living, made a good career off that for a while. <laughs> he made a good career off TRT. Yeah, and that those too. are very different. <laughs> it's just like it's always some dude is covering up, and this he's like, "Here, I'm giving you my arm, and I know you can't hit me in the back of the head because of rules." Or he's just dumb. Like, just I never cared about this rule, and I'm just not going to. I didn't care when JDS got hit. A much more egregious version, if you was, consider this a real thing. Yeah, I'm just never going to like. Yeah, if you don't want to get hit in the back of the head, don't turn your back to the dude who's punching you. That's that's on you, my guy. That's not on the dude who's just going to knock you out because you turn tail. Cool. All right. Yeah, well, I, and I, th- I will say one. I think one of the major differences between again, like, oh, why is it so easy to call the you know the illegal knee on the ground? It, it's just easy to see. I mean, when a guy's much that, easier, like, like I said, that gone flurry is just so fast. You know, for sure, for sure, the overhand strike. I think even if you're the ref, will kind of jump out at you, but you wouldn't right away go like, oh, did he catch him in the back? Like right there, you're you're just thinking about, Do it, should I stop the fight or not? You know, that's that's the whole thing. Once refs are very trained now once they see someone go in like near into a ground position then they're switching to that mode they're switching to like okay okay i gotta pay attention oh, yeah. grounded i'm looking for a knee i'm looking for a kick and then so it's a little bit easier to call again it does happen sometimes in a weird flurry and and it gets missed but probably m- much easier to see than one of these just punches flying and did he get him in the back of the head or not um and as jed said uh, the the, uh, the junior one was much easier to see and yeah. uh arguably more controversial so yeah. are you guys going to talk about patori for on to the next Oh, right. that's a good question. Probably not. No. Probably, Probably not. not. Probably not. Let's, let's go to this question then. Yes. Hmm. First thing I thought when I watched him walk out. I mean, if, is it all- if, if, if it's if it's a choice between him and, and Whitaker, it's Vittori by far for me. Because he's got. I mean, I could see I could see a world where Whitaker gets another title shot. It might not be next. It might be like two years from now if Adesanya decides to stay at 185. But eventually, if he keeps winning, they're just going to have no choice but to give him one more shot at it. For Vittori, he's going to have to win like 10 in a row before he gets another title shot at this point. I don't think so. 
I mean, if Izzy stays, if Izzy stays, Izzy's not going to stay in thing. Vittori's only 28 is the other thing. Like he's still very young. No, I meant if I meant to fight Izzy, I meant to fight Izzy and he's still a long way at 185. Izzy's not going to stay forever at 185. Like he's just, he's going to be gone within next year. I think staying is okay for him. I just would like to see him at light heavyweight. Me too. I think, I think, yeah, I think it's between him and Whitaker and one of those guys go to 205. It's Vittori easy. What do you think I get? Yeah, I like the idea of Vittori 205. I'm not sure he necessarily needs to leave middleweight. But again, I'm a very kind of patient person. It's the same thing I said sort of about Whitaker. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if he gets a title shot anytime soon, but he's great at middleweight. I don't want to see him go anywhere. I think Vittori's pretty good at middleweight too. Um, again, uh, th- I thought that win against uh, Costa was really nice. Um, so he can't beat Rob Whitaker. He can't beat Izzy. Is that, I mean, that's it, right? He's um, Has he lost to anyone else at middle? Antonio Carlos Jr.? I say he that? lost a shoe face. I, I, was I, have like, no, wow. UFC, I have no. It was like his UFC that. debut or something. It was yeah, okay. yeah. early PFL, on. PFL veteran, veteran. Sure. Yeah. future champion. PFL, future champion. PFL champion. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, I mean, I just don't know if that's reason enough to leave the division because you can't be Robert and Israel. And the, the age is important. Twenty eight for sure. I think his best years ahead of him. I think you keep chugging along at middleweight. But if yeah, if he catches some kind of weird loss to um, again just someone that he shouldn't, someone below him in the rankings. You know, then we might be talking at least a temporary move. It might just be good for him to get a change of scenery. I feel like he can always come back to middleweight. Um, he has options ahead of him. So this this loss, uh, revealing, probably a little humbling. I mean, he felt the need to go on the mic after and just apologize. He looked pretty sh- he looked pretty shaken by what happened. Uh, so maybe a change of scenery would, would do him some good. So I think it was interesting coming in the, on our Q and A before. Me and Mike kind of agreed. All of us agreed that uh, if Whitaker lost. He should definitely go to 205. But you don't you don't feel the same for Vittori, though, as far as definitely going to 205. Because he seems no. to be in the same situation, but even worse than Whitaker would have been. I don't know. I think it's he also, I just, hasn't, yeah, he also hasn't beaten as many people like yeah. in the welterweight ranks. So like, yeah, a lot Whitaker more matchups. Really he right. doesn't have a lot of fun matchups. I, though, if I was in his corner, I would tell him to move up. I think he's huge. I think he would probably... I think he'll do very well at light heavyweight if he goes up. I mean, because we've seen a bunch of other, let's just call it what it is, guys in similar to, frankly, worse positions than Marvin Vittori was as a middleweight, moved up and had tremendous success at 205. I think his frame can put on even more weight. I think he can do quite well in that division. I would counsel him to move up. I would like, yeah, I would like it too. I, I don't know why I keep using Paul Craig, but yeah, Vittori versus Paul Craig. You know, Paul Craig taking a lot of strays. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why he's, we always. He's in the bottom of our rankings. He's in the bottom of our rankings. It's strictly a numerical thing. No disrespect to <laughs> no, Paul Craig. No, <laughs> it's more of the way Paul Craig fights. He seems like you can beat him. Maybe you can't because he's a wizard, but he feels beatable. Mm-hmm. By the way, I forgot to mention while we're sort of still talking with Whitaker and then the, the grounded knee rule. One of my favorite moments of that, the Vittori fight, Vittori's grounded and the ref's like, oh, no, no, oh, he's ground, he's down, you can't kick him. And Whitaker just loads up and is like, okay, loads up an uppercut and just cracks him. And I'm like, that was I'm good. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And too. I'm like, yeah, that's how you deal with it. That's how you do it. Obviously, I'm not saying it's like an easy thing to do, but boy, when you're as good as Robert Whitaker, you're like, okay, oh, I can't kick him. No problem. Uppercut right to the jaw. Damn. Dude, I thought, I thought Buckley was going to drill an illegal knee at one point. In that emo fight, because there was one point where he had his hands in the back of his head and like, but he was still kneeling. And emo was trying to figure out like when to actually stand, and almost did it. Like you could tell he wanted to, but he didn't. So good on Joaquin Buckley for the good sportsmanship. Let's talk about the fight of the night before the main event actually happened. 
Nathaniel Wood versus Charles Jordan. That was an excellent was, fight. Fight was awesome. That was just a good high level fight. Uh, no one, there's not nothing. I don't know. What you guys think about uh, Mr. Wood? He looked. I thought freaking. Is he, really good. Is he, is he a contender? I, f- I forgot how bad Charles Jordan is at wrestling. Um, which would have made me feel more confident picking Nathaniel Wood going into this fight, but he kept getting Wood pushed over. Jed, he kept yeah. getting pushed over. Those like are, those are, hey, those are quality, quality judo sweeps. Like, quality like, judo sweeps. Give him good respect. I, absolutely, respect to Wood. It, it just looked. It really looked like he would just kind of get tripped so easily. And again, if I'm, if it, listen, I'm, I'm not a fighter. He fell a lot. Yeah, that that, that judo trip is probably a lot. It's probably like knocking me out. So I shouldn't criticize. Uh, I shouldn't criticize uh, uh, Charles Jordan, but it did seem like Nathaniel Wood was getting that move a little bit easy, or at least that Jordan was kind of like, okay, you know, I'm going to just, it's easier for me to just go back down and try and get back up than resist it. But, um, but it worked. It was a slick move. It was one of the things that helped Wood um, keep, uh, you know, keep control of the fight, keep control of the pace of the fight, deal with a much lar- looked a considerably larger opponent. Uh, Jordan, a former lightweight, um, and uh, uh, Wood, a former bantamweight. Speaking of the size thing, I mean, I do think that is going to limit him somewhat at featherweight. Because, um, again, Charles Jordan is good, absolutely good, middle, middle of the pack featherweight right now. But and once you get to that top 20, top 25 of the featherweight division, there's some seriously like – like there's some guys who that, that size is, is really going to make a difference in addition to the to the skills that they bring to it. So um, I think Nathaniel Wood is a super talent. I'm glad he made the decision to move up to 145. Apparently, the, the phantom weight cut was just absolutely miserable for him. Um, so Did you yeah, see his uh, body when he like, he took photos of himself at 35. It was disgusting. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I I hope he stays in the division. I hope he can get the right matchups to move him uh, move him up the rankings. And I just I'd love to see how he fares against some of the top guys. Again, I think he has a ceiling, but I also picked Jordan to win this fight. So my uh, my gauge on Nathaniel Wood's success clearly isn't that great. All right. Yeah, I have the I have the I, there's only one choice for me for Nathaniel Wood. And it's the perfect pick, and you'll hear that tomorrow. Oh, oh that's nice one. All right. Uh, where are we at? Uh, I lost the question. Do do or do. Uh, while you're looking, in case I, was, I will just say I, did, I put up a new poll. Uh, did Studio Gone get away with an illegal shot to the back of the head? Literally right now, fifty percent even. Yes, the people thought he really? did get away. Fifty wow. percent said no. So. Dude, I didn't people. notice it until like the fifth walkthrough of that replay. The first thing I, I, I instantly saw, I was like, oh, they're going to, they're going to, the ref's going to go like, you can't do that. It, 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 I've, I've seen that lots of times. Like, it, it, should, it should be noted. It, yeah. These are the same These are the same people who voted uh, in, in favor of a song's nationality being determined by who sings it. So again, uh, you know, I'm just saying, take, Scholars. These, polls, take these polls with a grain of salt. They're Take scholars. They're well, well-read people. Um, <laughs> Tastemakers. Just for they know the lay of the land. All right. Um, for the betters, um, what, what underdogs won tonight? Frosty. Um, Nathaniel, Nathaniel Wood. Oh, what is it underdog? Yeah, yes. but, but Kinona's I think, slight. I think Kinona's just like I think Zam's obviously the choice here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was a. I think he was the biggest dog that won on the card, just off the top of my head, and he looked awesome. Like I did not expect him to look that good again, and it's not like Figlock is great or whatever, but he controlled the striking and the grappling of it. Sort of won that fight pillar to post. Great performance from him. Five zero for the Frenchman. Like that was, he was the one who was going to ruin the French sweep, and then he super did not. So I, I would say he's the most impressive underdog in the card. 
Yeah, I, I can't prove I can't prove that the crowd helped him get out of that triangle at the end. But I really feel like oh, there was the, a little uh, extra there's a little extra juice in his performance when he he almost threw the fight away with a very bad shot. He then um, almost the really triangle. threw it away too because he kept turning into the triangle, which was <laughs> yeah. driving yeah. me insane. As I had him if, in a Frenchman parlay, I was like, dude, <laughs> stop, stop turning into it, stop turning into it, go the other way. And then he finally did and got out. If, if this was in the Ooh. UFC Apex, he was toast. I'll tell you right now, if this was just in the sterile environment of the I Apex, mean, probably. He, he was done. He was the done. The sterile that crowd. environment of the Apex. I like that statement you said because tell me what you think. Does Tai Tuivasa win this fight if that was in the small Apex cage? In the small Apex cage, he's got a way better chance. Way better chance. I, when I was watching that fight, I'm like, God, Gan uses that big cage so well. So well, Whitaker too. Whitaker Vittori actually, would, I think, would be a much more competitive fight in the small cage too. More I competitive. I, I still pick. I still pick Whitaker. I think Whitaker is just too far away from Vittori as far as uh, Whitaker's just range is so good. I, I just think he's better at that. But maybe Gon's just inexperience, not lack of as much experience than Whitaker. Uh, he just uses that cage really well. I think for sure with Gone, I I will say the thing that impressed me the most about Whitaker and Vittori is the first round it was competitive because Vittori was coming forward and Whitaker was allowing him to. That that stopped. Whitaker took the center of the cage for the remaining ten minutes and Marvin Vittori didn't win a single second of the fight from that point on. Like and that's the dynamic a lot in fighting because most people aren't very good fighting off their back foot. But like I did had no expectation that Whitaker would be able to take the center and be the one pushing Vittori back. And so, I, I mean, honestly, that fight may look worse for Vittori if you put it in a smaller cage because Whitaker could have really just closed closed everything down on him and teed off like he started to do at the end of the bout. I can yeah. see that too. I agree. It was a really impressive performance from Whitaker is what I'm getting at. Like, yeah, oh, so yeah, good. So even good. more impressive than I thought Like, could have been. He really impressed the hell out of me. Those top two Marvin, fights were. He made so Marvin Vittori. He made Marvin Vittori bleed his own blood, and he Marvin did. doesn't. Yeah, he made Marvin like, and I agree with you. Like seeing and Marvin Vittori baffled. take backward steps, yeah, and looking like that. I've never even. He, the guy spent forty minutes in a cage with Israel Adesanya, and not for one second did Adesanya ever put him in that position. Whitaker and boldly thought he won the fight. Like at the end of it, it was like I clearly won. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, but this one. This one. He said he, he yeah, I lost. Yeah, he he owned this one. Yeah. He knew he lost. He yeah. owned it. And even in the middle of the fight, you could see on his face, he was like, I don't have the tools to do anything here. Like I am. I think Robert Whitaker's post-fight speech is like fundamentally incorrect because the most dangerous dude in the division is obviously the champion. Hmm. But like, is he fought fought Vittori for what, forty total minutes, and he didn't make him look that confused and bobby knuckles did it for for 10 and had had vittori just questioning his entire fighting existence so it was an incredible performance from him it was it was yeah super yeah. yeah i think everyone was super impressed by it uh he actively humbled vittori which is something yeah. uh, israel did not do. <laughs> that, that, that deserved possible. a bonus yeah that, that deserved <laughs> like a, yeah a performance i didn't bonus. think anyone could do like could just make vittori be like oh like, yeah i don't i don't know yeah. what i'm doing that guy's i'm not, really I'm not good at this <laughs> um take like two more maybe bring them all if just we questions, have any. guys just bring well i mean okay let me just see what we got here that's just i'm trying 
here. It's just we know the answer to this. Let me let me find put the silly question up there before I find something better. Would Cyril Gahn be two Demetrius Johnsons? No, no, no. I don't think you would. No, we, we, we've answered. Of, yeah, we've Flight answered various this question. Watch Fight Circus. Yeah, yeah. They've done the research. Well, okay, how, could Cyril Gahn beat two Chris Montinos? No, I don't okay. think so. No. All right, just wondering. It's really hard to beat two professional. I'd be Ryan Benoit's. No, <laughs> you pick any two professional fighters against one. I'm going to pick two professional. Could fighters. two Cyril Gans beat three DJs? Ooh, <laughs> oh, like, that, this is changing the math. This is changing the math. This is a way more interesting question. Theoretically, theoretically, one of the Gans could take out one of the DJs early. <laughs> And I then think, yeah, into I think two, two, two to three, two to three <laughs> yes. favors the gods pretty, I think, yes, pretty yes. substantially. That changes because, <laughs> because it because the it, it breaks into a two on one versus a one on one, and the one on one wins, and then the two on one they're not going to win as quickly, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so I'm going to derail us entirely, but on this <laughs> same concept, I have been in a I don't know a year long vicious disagreement <laughs> with some of my friends because I maintain. That and I'm just gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick you, AK, just for the sake of it. Uh, that me and AK could defeat Aaron Donald in a fist fight because there are two of us and there's only one of him. And I recognize that we could also lose miserably, but I don't think that we're like never have zero chance. I think we have a pretty decent chance just by the virtue of being two on one. And all my friends think I'm insane. So please weigh in on if me and AK could beat up Aaron Donald. As, as long as he's not, you'd be sweet. plus. Like, you'd be you'd be dogs. You'd be you'd be dogs. You'd probably get. I don't juiced care about being dogs, but like I think we have one. a real shot at it because it's two on yeah, one, which be is like, an incredible you advantage. Should be like, you should be under plus two hundred. Yes, on the, scenario. that's good enough for me because my friends are like no that you have a zero percent chance of us two beating up Aaron Donalds. Like I think you guys don't have any idea how fighting works. Is he is he is he swinging is he wildly swinging two helmets at us like he was recently yeah, that, uh, in that that if you no, don't have weapons no we question. can't beat weapons but. I'm out I'm out <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> did all the French fighters win tonight five and zero yes. baby five and zero Jordan French Canadian lost but, but you know, French Canadians not they don't real, count that they don't count French. yeah, yeah. They don't count so how how much was the parlay for let me tell you, it was plus oh. seven. I think it was plus seven forty-seven because that was Ooh. my long shot of the week on the gambling preview column, and it cashed, baby. Wow, good job! It was plus right. seven and change. I think it was seven forty-seven, but I'll pull it up right now just to just to be confirmed on that. But it was it was seven and and some some gas on seven eighty-seven. Sorry, Ooh, so almost plus eight hundred. Did did those? <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, now this is this I actually, is the one. I um, um, my, my my personal friends chat Esther threw this out there because like she she actually tagged me. She's like Casey, take on Zuck, and we and I we, I have a friend so that thirty twenty four baby that works high up all in Facebook so Meta so I'm I'm down I'm down. Oh, thirty twenty four baby, let's so go. Much. I, I I am training at CMMA right down the street, a, a great mixed martial arts school um, under Chad George and. Josh Barnett. Uh, Josh Barnett is one of my coaches now. So, oh, uh, oh no, not even thirty twenty four. Thirty twenty. He's, gonna, he's, gonna, he's getting 20. a key lock. You, you oh, getting, getting a key lock? Getting some catch catch wrestling? Catch wrestling? It's done. You, 
quite a bit of size on him, I think. I think he's not a he's not a big guy. Because uh, you're, you're fighting, your next fight will probably be what, closer to like 160, 155? I'm 170 right now, so we'll fight at 155. Now. Yeah, 155. I think he said in the video he was responding to like Al- Aljo compliments him in the video, and he says something like uh, 135 is tough, or like 135 vision is tough. But I don't know. So I don't know if he was saying he's 135 or not. I don't. I don't know. I don't know uh, Mark Zuckerberg's physical <laughs> dimensions that well. I could be wrong. He could be a heavyweight, as far as I know. I somehow doubt that. But Casey uh, washes him. I mean, Casey would definitely beat his ass. Washes him. Okay. All right. See, I, I even got like a good little, like, I got a good cut in my forehead. Other, the other, other side, day. Yeah. 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 Zuck's there not is. doing that. There Zuck's is. not Zuck, getting Zuck ain't doing that. Yeah. He gets one cut. He gets one cut. He's, he's out of here. He's, he's out. retiring. Yeah. He's out. Uh, all right, gentlemen. I think we're good. Anything? Uh, I do, I, well, no, I threw up oh. one more poll. Good. Uh, <laughs> I took it to the people. Could, could, could me and AK yeah, beat could Jed, could Jed and AK beat Aaron Donald in a fight? Uh, <laughs> very strong uh, 68% no right now. It was like well around 70. It's probably going to go back up to 70 at some point. So the people do not believe in us. You yet. guys have uh, no idea how difficult it is to fight two people. They really don't. Literally, I mean, I, if all I do is grab Aaron Donald's arm and hold it, he is screwed because it's impossible to fight with one dude with one think, arm. Like It's just so difficult. I think about thinking like you know there's probably some other people out there maybe with like two multiple children or something like oh i can manage my children climbing all over me and it's like it's we're talking like adults here i'm an adult i'm a i'm a, I'm a weak frail adult but i yeah. am an adult and uh, <laughs> jed has if he jed, if he kill if he knocks one of us out immediately the odds shift infinitely just yes, an infinite shift i of get course. it but as long as both of us are conscious and willing to participate if like one dude's like no screw that i'm gonna abandon you obviously the two guys lose yeah, but like it is I can't stress this enough. Bank and no money. No money is the worst fist fighter that has ever existed. Go watch Fight <laughs> yeah. Circus. This man is actively the worst human being that has ever yes. tried to fight a person. And they clearly are beating people because it's impossible to fight two people at once. Movies and they are fighting real. And they are fighting trained. They've done this twice. They fought yeah. trained heavyweights. They're fighting a trained like heavyweight martial artist. Aaron Donald's not they've a trained heavyweight martial artist. They've done it three artist. times, He's by a, the way. Yeah. He's a well. They actually did lose one of them, but he and look, Aaron Donald is a, a, yeah. a bad mother. He, obviously, super bad mother. In a one-on-one fight, he'd eat one of us. There's a zero percent chance I can beat Aaron Donald in a fist fight by myself. Yes, and the, Jed has that number dramatically rises if another yeah. human being gets involved. <laughs> the comment: Jed has a wrestling background. AK has that basketball. Jed has also trained in kickboxing. Oh, Jed has fought in kickboxing. So, I mean, Jed has more martial arts training and, than Aaron and Donald. And a purple so. belt. So I would, I would definitely <laughs> I'm not entirely be, out of debt. <laughs> I would definitely be the uh, the grabbing guy that like just kind of grab him, annoy him, like grab, jump him with his back. And Jed would be handling a lot of the punching, a lot of yeah. the, the body work and things like that. So yeah. our strategy would be pretty clear. Yeah. This isn't under siege. It's not like Steven Seagal is fighting 10 dudes. And he fights them all one at a time. Everyone really thinks that. That's not how fist fights work. If you've ever been around one, (laughs) it's just really difficult to fight more than one person at a time. You find a a corner and just hope for the best. Back into a corner. Like you watched, Chuck Liddell had a video once of him like getting into a street fight against a bunch of dudes. And this is Chuck Liddell. And he is like actively swinging and running away because fighting three people is impossible if you don't kill them every time you touch them. Because as soon as you miss, three dudes are on you and you're just done. Yeah, watch watch any movie. It's always like, yeah, it's one guy versus ten guys. But for some reason, the ten guys attack one at a time. 
and the, or the guys in the background are like fighting the air while yeah. one is fighting the one. It's just very, very different guys. And again, Aaron Donald is not a trained martial artist. He's not a trained martial artist. Again, <laughs> he's a very tough guy, obviously, super tough guy. I bet he punches pretty hard. He's not a trained oh, martial artist. Yeah. And there's a reason he grabbed the two helmets when it was time to go into that practice fracas. So uh, if he had gone in, wild. I might be a little more intimidated if he had gone in barefisted, but clearly he thought he needed a weapon. So I don't know how, you know. Well, he was know. fighting a lot of people. In this is true. This is well, that was a smart so. That was a smart move. That was a smart move. Um, yeah, I think we're good. I just want to say real yeah, quick. I mean, we, just, can't, we can't get better than that. Can't, yeah. can't top just, that. Yeah. I just want to say, like, man, Ty, Ty Tivasa has, has some of the just highest pain threshold I've ever seen in MMA. Those make sense. freaking kicks to the stomach heal up from coming from surreal freaking gone. I, I remember like Joe Rogan used to say a lot, like, oh, if you don't know how hard a leg kick feels, you got to take one and really know how it feels. Take one of those kicks with the heel up right into anywhere below the ribs. It's like, good Lord, they hurt so much. And, um, yeah, I just like unbelievable, really unbelievable pain threshold. These guys are insane. So uh, hell of a fight. Hell of a, hell of a card. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And we always give props. Oh, yeah. We give props to all of them. But good stuff. Good card. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, it's UFC 279. Oh it's Hamza Chemaev versus Nate Diaz. I can't that's it's Tony already. Ferguson versus Lee Jingliang. It's Kevin Holland. Watch your dreams E-Rod. go to die. <laughs> Where it's, maybe the most take all the old all people behind happens. the barn. <laughs> well. I mean, hopefully it'll be a little bit better than that. We'll we'll come out with I some better so. vibes than that. But I strongly we'll hope Hamza Chimaev pulls out of this fight, like in the next two days, and we get Tony versus Nate. That is clearly a much much better use of everyone's time. That's the fight we wanted. He is. Kinda. Well, he's a hundred percent in Las Vegas right now and looking pretty ferocious. So I don't think he's pulling out. But we'll talk about that then. If you're in the United States, enjoy the rest of your long weekend. And for everybody else, enjoy the rest of your regular weekend. So for AK, for Jed, for Casey, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching. Thank you for following our coverage. Good night, everybody. Viva la France. Happy birthday, AK. Hit the post. (laughs) You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.